What kind of a person starts a podcast after a global pandemic and while we're in a healthcare crisis? Well, do you think you have what it takes to be a good manager? What about a good leader? What about both? In this series, we're going to talk about post-pandemic leadership and management in the frontline healthcare setting. Thanks for joining us on the Frontline Healthcare Podcast. Welcome to the Frontline Leadership Podcast, where we are talking about healthcare leadership and all of us that are in the trenches taking care of patients and working uh, as new leaders or as leaders who've been around for a while that want to learn some stuff. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, lifelong learning and being a leader who is willing to learn and grow uh, is a key part to being a leader, is to grow yourself and grow your team. Um, we want people to be successful in life. And I'm sitting down in this episode and talking to our leadership coach, uh, Beth. She is um, our leadership coach. She puts on several classes that help us um do leader leadership education. We have lunch and discusses. Um, she's helped me out with some personal uh, leadership classes for my team, specifically for my imaging team. Uh, and it's just a great resource to have. So uh, here's my interview with Beth, and I hope you take away some stuff from it. Let's try take two. Okay. <laughs> take two. So uh, this is Steven. I am on a new system because I had to literally go and find a microphone and a system that works because our last Wi-Fi. So on the last uh, clip, we were talking about innovations. Why is it that hospital Wi-Fis are the worst in the world? Like if we're, if we're supposed to be interview, uh, innovating stuff, why can't our technologies be great? Right, Beth? So I'm here. I'm I'm here with Beth. Uh, Beth is our leadership coach at our local hospital that I'm a part of, uh, and we're today we're going to talk about learning leadership and why it's important to have personal growth and be a lifelong learner. So, Beth, you want to introduce yourself for the people listening? Sure, sure. sure. So, um, first of all, thank you for inviting me to do this. I appreciate it. Um, I always not, love talking. Not that you poked me a few times to be on the podcast after uh, after Tracy was on, you know. Good, <laughs> and she's been featured twice, so no, no, but no, I appreciate the opportunity. I always like to talk about leadership because that's my one of my passions that I have, and as a leadership coach with this organization, my main role is to support the leaders' training and development their growth and also be there for them you know should they need some coaching and consulting um one-on-one -on -one, whether it be their leader suggests it or they come to me on their own you know i also help with you know uh creating training for folks and personalized training like steve and i are going to talk about in a little while but his his own apartment i did uh or helped him with so i do a, a whole gamut of things but all all focused around leadership um here now before here i you know worked in the gaming industry for 10 years and that's where i really got my start in 
and the leadership, love of leadership, if you will. So, you know, I've been doing it for close to, well, yeah, over 20. I'm just going to say over 20 years and leave it at that. So. And then you and I are also uh, happen to be the stat band at our oh, hospital. Yeah. Uh, Beth is also our um, person who coordinates our orientation for our new hires at our at our hospital. And we have a hospital band that we play during Christmas time. Uh, and sometimes we go to the nursing home to uh, our nursing home and play during the summertime. We've done that once. Uh, we're going to try to do it again next year. But uh, Beth recruited yeah. me straight out of uh, orientation. You play bass guitar. We need a bassist in our band. And so, right. and so Beth and I have been both leadership coordinated and then also on the music side. So it's been kind of fun to um, have all those areas be a part of our, our career and our path uh, at work. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so sure. let's let's jump right in. So, what is lifelong learning, and why is it important for leaders? Lifelong learning can mean lots of things. You can be a personal lifelong learning, which I do in my personal time. I'm a lifelong learning person, always looking for new ways and better ways to do things. But as a leader, lifelong learning means kind of the the same thing, really, but more in your work life. So. Um, and one of the things that I always say, number one benefit of, of a leader being a lifelong learner is that it drives innovation. So, you know, when I first started here at this organization, it was, had been around over a hundred and some years and there really has, wasn't much change because everything was working fine, you know? And then when I came aboard, I kind of would, would, ask, well, why can't we do it this way? Or maybe we could do it this way. Or, and you know, I would always get pushed back. And, and as I went through my career, it would irritate me, but now I know why that was. And a lot of times leaders that are not lifelong learners, um, aren't open to change and really the lifelong leaders are lifelong learner leaders are more of are more, um, I guess, younger generation, less seasoned, maybe not as much in the boomer generation, but I'm not saying they couldn't be, but, you know, you're going to see more of this and more of this evolving in, in organizations and I'm seeing it in ours, but leaders are, um, if they are into lifelong learning, they are very open to change. And when there is change, that is when innovation happens. So really the biggest hindrance to innovation and to your your organization growing, and to your team growing, and to yourself growing, the biggest hindrance is people often don't want to try anything new, and mainly because they don't want to fail or they they don't want to make a mistake. And I think as leaders, you know, to help our employees become lifelong leaders is to help them understand that's okay. And, and so that's one of the things I think is a huge benefit in, in work life being a life, lifelong learner. But the second one is it, it tends to build teams. When you're a lifelong learner as a leader, you know, when you see value in continuous learning, um, your employees see that you see value. And they, the leaders also want to invest in their teams, mm-hmm. you know, learn. and, and, you know, that grows our teams because not only should we be learning as leaders, but we should also be helping our teams learn as well, even though they may need they're not in a leadership role. But 
that helps with their development and it helps, you know, move your team forward, which as a leader, anybody would want, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that we offer at our local hospital system is a, a class called the Future Faces of Leadership. And that's something that you started at the hospital. Um, and it was a program to allow people who maybe weren't in lead roles or in frontline lead roles, charge nursing, um, a lead technologist or something like that, an opportunity to go through uh, an eight-week or a nine-week class of learning some of the basics. What is good communication? How do you have difficult conversations? What is it when your boss says we need to watch our supply costs and what does that mean? So uh, that's something that you were able to offer for our frontline leaders. And I've sent a few people through that so far. Uh, and one of them was promoted to a chief tech after she went through that program because she, she understood some of the stuff and wanted to learn more of that. And so having those opportunities for your team members creates a better work environment because you're reinvesting in those people and they will, they will stay around longer. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, you're not only investing in them, you're, you're showing them that you believe they, they are good and need to do more. And that motivates them and that, you know, that engages them too, which, which actually leads to lower turnover as yeah. well. Well, and it, 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 it creates the, it makes a more, a cohesive team because everyone wants to be on the same page. Everyone wants to work together. Everyone wants to, um, you know, if, if you show, if I'm investing in my lead, I want her to be around for a long time. And that shows value. That shows trust. That shows I'm here for you to help you through this, through, through your career, um, which then makes them, makes them happy. And, what? you know, we're not here to make everybody happy, but we are here to make people somewhat happy at our, at our jobs. Um, and they'll, they'll be more apt to helping you out. You know, for example, one of my leads, she was recently promoted as a lead. Her strengths are um, project management and doing projects. I'm like, hey, Courtney, I've got a project for you. Can you let's do some cost analysis on this. I want you to start from X, Y, Z. See if we have any savings by doing this process. And so she's like, that's awesome. I'm excited about that. And it's given her an opportunity to grow because that's something that she wouldn't do as a technologist necessary besides scanning patients. She's able to see kind of the finances and why we're doing things a certain way. So um, I know she was really excited about helping me. I'm like, yes, you can do that. I will just push that off on you and you let me know how it turns out. I got to go back to um, change and innovations. And I don't want to use only our, because we're, we're, we're obviously working at the same place. Um, in the healthcare field in general, do you feel that COVID had a harder time on people who weren't apt to change? Um, as in they kind of felt, did you feel like they were able to get through that easier? Or, or was it more difficult for them as opposed to people who are lifelong learners, who are um, more interested in changing and trying to figure out what's going on like because you can also go into personality styles with this um my personality style from a disc profile pro profile is a d i want change i'm driving change i want things to be uh, moving forward covid was an obstacle for me to overcome and i was already in the mindset of we are going to win through covid and i'm going to help my team out do you yeah. think that people who weren't apt to uh lifelong learning had a harder time Ir, um, like relevant of their disc profile, like like the profile would be, I guess, just are you a lifelong learner or are you not a lifelong learner? Were those people harder? I mean, what are your thoughts about how COVID affected all that stuff? I think in the beginning, 
the lifelong learners probably were the ones that were like, you know, let's find ways to make this easier. Let's find ways. Let's let's look at ways we can what we can do for our teams. Let's look at like one one example of what we did here, which was I think a tremendous example of somebody that was like, okay, what can we, this is a horrible situation. But what can we do and what can we do to help our team members? So, you know, as you know, with healthcare, we had to shut down. So we, a lot of team members don't have jobs anymore. So, you know, people came together and not all just leaders. It was like non-leaders, too, and thought about, OK, what can we do to help these people? And that's when we came up with the labor pool. You know, and we instead of using volunteers or whatever, we put our own team members into screening positions or just finding something for them to do that would still help us. And but we still paid them their same salary, you know, and I think that was a terrific example of one thing that we did where people came together. But I think as time went on, it really depended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on your generation it depended on what you were doing and some people continued to learn from it and i think some people didn't um and i also think though now we're in the position where we have some people who aren't lifelong learners who are constantly now blaming where we are and the problems we have on covid mm. instead of moving oh, well, as of the pandemic, it's you know look with the pandemic. Well, okay, that's yes. Now going forward, what can we do? Yeah, it changed a lot of stuff. But so <clears throat> I'm seeing that side now too, from people who are just like, huh, you know, well the pan it's because of the pandemic. It's because we have low staffing. Mm-hmm. It's because of the pandemic that guest service is poor. That has nothing to do with the pandemic. Yeah, guest service. You know, guest service is poor always because of the pandemic. No, no, it's because people got lazy and you just let them do that, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I I can see all sorts of, but to your first, I'm sorry, I went all off topic. But <laughs> I, I do that. Um, but to your first question, I do believe that the lifelong learners, especially in the beginning, were the ones that would come together to find other ways we could get through this and mm-hmm. make this work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have a third point on the? Uh, I, do. Yep. I have a third point. Hey, we've got an outline. Hey, look at that. <laughs> We're not just rambling. <laughs> I know. The third point of, of the benefit of lifelong learning for a leader is it tends to make us resilient. And I think that resilience is something now we're hearing a lot more about. I'm not a resilience expert. You know, I've been asked to do some training for physicians on resilience. I'm not, I'm not a resilience expert by any stretch of the mood imagination i do know though what resilience means mm-hmm. you know um, and what, what does it mean so resilient is the ability to withstand uh things when you're going through things and still see kind of like you were saying like with the pandemic okay this is bad but are we resilient enough to bounce back from it and do something that um can help us mm-hmm. and resilience really People with a growth mindset, okay, are better at dealing with change, solving problems, successfully implementing new things, and giving feedback and, and accomplishing goals. And that's what resilience is. is that it's the people now that we got through the pandemic and we learned from it. And we're not saying, oh, it's because of the pandemic. It's, okay, everything's changed now. So how do we, how do we bounce back from that and make it a new normal? 
So I, I always have hard times with these kind of interviews and cop topics and stuff like that, because like, to me, that's second nature. Like to me, that is what a leader should be doing is they should be. I'm in everybody's, believe me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I get that. I get that. Um, But for me as a leader, like, I feel like that should be second nature of evaluating what we're doing, implementing it, seeing the results, reevaluating of it and, and go for another action plan after that. We should never be okay with the status quo. And as someone who is a good leader, you try to continually doing that cycle. Implement something. Is it working? What are the results? Let's reevaluate. Let's implement something else if we need to. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. But I think, too, you're going to have people on your teams that are fine with the status quo. And those people are motivated. Those people aren't going to be the ones that are going to step up and do extra for you either. Yeah. They're, they're fine with coming in, making a paycheck, and going home. Mm-hmm. And causing a little problems while they're here. But those are the ones that continue to stay. Yeah. Well, there there is something to be said. Uh, I was talking to one of my leaders, or one of my... Um, no, what was it? What was I doing? Oh, yeah. Um, my class that I was I'm teaching. Um, I had posted a comment that you know we as leaders spend eighty percent of our time working on the bottom twenty percent of our employees, and they're not willing to learn and grow, and so we're wasting a lot of time on them. And then what happens is our your high performers get burnt out because they're not getting any attention, they're not getting any in, uh, investment. You're not you're not making them better people. You're just trying to correct the bad people who will never. These people will never get to a meeting performers because they're all low performers. It's life. People are like that. Um, and so, therefore, you're going to be left. The high performers will leave your job or leave your department and go find employment somewhere else where they're happy. And you're left with these low performers. And so that vicious cycle of of not being a lifelong learner, being resistant to change, being resistant to moving forward causes all these downstream effects and it just it continues to happen because the same people are doing the same thing over again over again and the good people are leaving and that's why in my department i try to definitely focus on my high performers invest in them do learnings like the class we we, we um beth and i uh, a few weeks ago taught <laughs> we had postponed it twice but we had uh we had finally sat down and did our um difficult conversations cr- crucial conversations and uh, what was the first one? It was about beha- it was about the at risk behaviors, just culture. Um, what was the title of it? I can't remember. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, anyway, <laughs> what was that? It was. I said it was really. Good. I know it was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, here, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Oh my gosh. So we can refer to it and remember. <laughs> you know, you were while in this, you were talking about the people that you know, come in and status quo and they're always, you would not believe the amount of leaders I sit with for hours. And they're so worried about this two people when they have a whole apartment of maybe 20 or more others that are doing a great job. And I have to bring them back to earth and say, you know, are wasted two hours of your time with me. Mm-hmm. People that if they left tomorrow, I bet the rest of your team would be like, thank goodness. Yeah. Because you're the rest of you, a lot of leaders don't want to face those type of people and, and, and help them out of the organization, help them go be successful elsewhere, which elsewhere, which is what I like to say. They want to spend time. They don't want to be short staffed. Now, 
you get rid of those two percent of people those other high performing people would be happy to step up and, and do a little more while you find somebody else mm-hmm. and to put that in there because that's absolutely true what you said Okay, so it was policies and crucial conversations. <laughs> policies, gosh, yeah, it was. And in agreement through Persuasive Dialogue. In uh, the policies part was how how do policies um, basically help you have the cru- the the, the um, conversations with people, hold them accountable. Policies are objective; they're not subjective. So, as a manager and leader, you can say this is the policy, whether you like it or not, whether you disagree with it or not. This is what our policy is, and why why you as a leader should stick to that. It was a good training. Trust me, it was a good training. I promise. I just couldn't right? just couldn't remember the title. <laughs> it was a lengthy title, Stephen. That's all. Yeah, it was a beautiful title, but lengthy. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it's again, it's amazing how some leaders are resistant to resistant to change. And so the question, another question I have then about that is, do you think it's because management and again we're specifically talking healthcare because that's what we work in. Um, every few years, we seem to go through this cyclical uh, ups and downs with, with management and leadership at the hospitals. Do you think it's because management's overworked at hospitals in general? Or do you think it's just the way it is and people just get burnt out? Or what are your, like, why do you think people don't want to be lifelong learners, if that makes sense? Or is that just such a new concept that most people don't know that it's a way to be? I don't think that's it. I think that what tends what tends to it's like with anybody that has an idea and wants to do more, and then they constantly get told no. Hmm. They constantly, and that's a lot. Of, and I'm speaking from personal experience with me. Mm-hmm. And you know, and if you've been in an organization who's been around a long time, and you and, and also and healthcare has been in healthcare, you know this. You can go to another hospital and work with some of the same people you worked with before at another hospital, you know, so it's like kind of the revolving door of same people. And I think a lot of times you do run into the people like us who want to change, want to grow, that they run into people who, no, we don't want that. Mm -hmm. We've done it way forever. And you're constantly just, well, no. And I think that will burn a lot of those folks out or stress them out or to where they're like, fine, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they ain't looking for another job elsewhere. Well, and that's, that's why I left my last job is what it was. Your job isn't to change the department. Your job is to keep the status quo, but we have these five things that need to be fixed and we could be a better department and be people be happier. No, your job is not to do that. Your job is to make sure we are functioning on a daily, but in almost like, to me, that was frustrating because I, I wanted to make things better. Like, if you see something done wrong so many times as a leader, you wanted to fix it to make it better. And right. I had upper administration at my last job say, as a supervisor, you can't do that. So I left. Uh, the high perf- One of the high performers in the department left. Four other leads and supervisors left after I left because they all felt the same way. Um, you lose your high performers when you don't have an environment that's conducive to change and growth and improvement in your in your area so yeah Yeah, you're absolutely right i think sometimes it scares uh you know i as a leader would actually you know want 
somebody reporting to me who's an expert on whatever they do. I don't need to be the expert on what they do. I need to lead them. And I think a lot of leaders feel like, well, if you're going to do more, that's going to make me look bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, except for, you know, I have an argument with one of my lead techs because she thinks she's a better CT tech than I am. So I always, uh, I always uh, have to tell her how she's wrong. And then she tells but, me how I'm not right. So, you know, it's it's back and forth all day long because that's, that's why. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the girls that were in the back of the room talking the whole time during our presentation. It was the, it was one of those two girls. <laughs> so, what are some exercises that people can do um, to help with personal growth? Um, I've got a few things that I do personally, but what are your, what are some thoughts from you about um, what can leaders in frontline healthcare leaders do to, uh, with with growth, personal growth as a leader, as a learner? Yeah, so personal growth, you know, there's there's another three things I think that's important when investing in your own personal growth. And what, the first thing is understanding what servant leadership is. You know, servant leadership, if you've never heard of it, is exactly what it sounds like. It is basically, how can I serve you? And it used to be, you know, back in the back in the day, as they say, you come in, you go to your boss, your boss tells you what to do, you do it, you're and I do it. It's not that way anymore. <laughs> it is not that way anymore. Servant leadership is not bowing down at your people's feet, but it is un understanding what your what your team needs for satisfaction to help with their job, whatever. But mm -hmm. the quicker your figures that leading is an act of service the quicker they're going to become more effective. Yeah. And, and I always tell this to my team, my job as your manager is to give you the tools and resources to be successful in this job. My job isn't right. to write you up. My job isn't to micromanage every single decision you make. My job is to make sure that you have the tools and resources you need to perform your job. And I don't have to babysit you every day. That That's, that's yeah. literally what I, it's personal. I don't want to babysit people. I don't want to babysit 40 people a day. Like I want to make sure right. you're you're educated and qualified and got what you need to do the job without me being sitting there saying, "Are you doing your job today? Are you doing it right?" You know. Yeah. You know, servant leadership, and then I don't want to bring religion, but this is that's really derived from is you know lead like Jesus, and he was a servant to his people, so that's really where it derived from. Mm -hmm. and and a, a lot of healthcare organizations do have a religious component to it, um, and they do speak of um, this kind of service. You know, mission statements are based on. Uh, a lot of religious um, text uh, or components. Um, I think even ours is has some of that yeah. in there. Yeah, and so and so it, it is part of a lot of healthcare organizations' uh, mission statements about being a servant leader and about serving your community and your people and the patients that are there. And so, yeah, that's exactly right. The second second one about investing in your personal growth is just being in. You know, so doing something every day that makes you a better leader, whether it be, oh, I don't know, um, checking in with an employee that you know is having a hard time or whatever, and just making a point to do that. Every it, it doesn't need to be anything huge. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean bring donuts in every single day. That's not what it means. It means the little things. What else can I do? And that's investing and being intentional. And the third one is understanding your measure of success. Like, I know I'm successful when I do classes, like that future faces of leadership, okay? I know I've been successful when they're able to 
setting weeks in front of people and give a and give a presentation in front of all the leaders, which they could have never done in the first class. Yeah. You know, so I, I was successful. So the success of, of a leader really hinges on how many people you've affected. Absolutely. So, for example, I had a new hire here recently, um, and she opened one of our new centers down in South County, our new imaging center down there. And she called me up uh, one day because I used to work with her. She used to be a student tech at the last hospital I worked at, and she was hired on PRN over there. So it's one of those people you just know that that you've been in. The, we've been in the industry now for six, seven, eight years now. We just we've been around each other. We know each other. So she messaged me one day and was like, "Hey, does you know?" I was going to say the hospital. Does the hospital uh, have this position open? Um, and do you know if they train on the job and stuff? And I was like, well, you know, I, I don't know about the hospital. I can tell you what we do at our department, but why are you looking? What's going on? And so I called her up at like eight o'clock at night. Cause she was messaging me and I, I, I dug into what was, what was truly going on and what was she looking for? And she was looking for a change. Uh, the place she was working at was a private doctor's office. And she was kind of after COVID got a little burnt out and wanted some, uh, a change. And so, me being me, I was I was like, well, I have an opportunity. Um, this goes back to my culture. I hire for fit, and I hire for people who are driven. I don't hire to fill spots. And would you like an opportunity? And because of that opportunity, she came on PRN, and then we we opened a new center, and she applied for a full time job. So within six months, she got a full time job. Well, I, I was going down there a lot to work with her, and she is so happy. Oh, and says that she's so happy and so thankful that uh, that opportunities came open. And like for me personally, that is a success. I've affected somebody in my department's life to the point where they are now on a different path in life. That is for the better. And that yeah. that to me is more beneficial than um, other acclimates that they may pass out or whatever, you know. Um, but in turn... In turn, my process and my thoughts on this stuff, it turns around and reduces turnover. It improves employee engagement. Your your team is happier and you've got a better scores. Like the measurements that we do to measure ourselves as leaders come out of the actions that we perform. And so and so to me, that's my way of measuring success is how many people how many people's lives have I touched and impacted in a positive way. And that's fun. You know, that's fun to me. That's more fun than, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's it's so rewarding when you when you have that happen. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, and, and we are in the people business. Like, as a leader, you're, you're a manager manages objects and widgets. Leaders lead people. And we are in the people business. And so personalities, understanding personalities, understanding um, what drives people, what motivates people, what motivates older generation versus younger generation. All of that stuff has to play into your decision-making and how you operate. Otherwise, you're just going to be a stagnant leader and you're not going to be a, you're not going to be, you're not going to be good. Like, like, I guess that's, you're just not going to be a good leader. You're going to be a crappy leader and people will, you'll be stuck with low performers the rest of your life. There you go. There's your, there's your answer. I always tell people, you know, you can be that leader that one day somebody asks, asks them a good trait of a, a past leader and they think of you or they think of whoever was their leader, then you've done your job because you inspired them in some way, mm-hmm. you know, 
most people aren't going to say, man, that Stephen was good because he could put together a good flow chart. <laughs> nope. That's <laughs> not it. It's, it's, you know, it's how it was, you know, it was patience. It was honesty. It was integrity. It was, good, you know, those types of things are what makes a leader. So you're absolutely yeah. right. Some, um, <laughs> oh, cool. I used to continuously learn. I kind of went off track. No, oh, you're good. Right. Well, personal, so like personal exercises that I like to do. Um, I like to check in with you. <laughs> I use resources. My boss, uh, you, um, HR, um, resources that we have at our uh, disposal. As a frontline leader, you should be using them. Um, yeah. And then I tell my leads and chief techs, stop me and have a conversation with me. Let's let's talk through some of this stuff. What is your um, thoughts and why we're doing this? What is bothering you? Like, I'm a resource to bounce ideas off of to see if they work or not. You know, yeah. use your resources. That's a that's a key way to, to grow is get input and get ideas from people. Yeah, oh, for sure. There's, you know, there's formal, there's social, and there's self-directed. So formal is like, you know, the courses and the in-house programs, like stuff I do, you know, mm -hmm. external work, all those things. MOOCs, have you heard of MOOCs? Mm -mm. What is it's what? massive online programs that's open to or courses that's open that you don't have to have any type of prerequisite. So MOOCs and massive open online courses, and they're usually open to anyone. And a lot of times they're free. so um, you can look those up. Uh, uh, you know whatever you're trying to gain more. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those and then social you know is like um just even on social media anymore you can learn so much you know even like linkedin linkedin is free i mean unless you have the premium but i mean i've taken several classes just on linkedin mm -hmm. just for my own personal i'm taking one next week on resiliency like you talked about yeah i, I found um, that linkedin is uh, like if i want if i talk about leadership and stuff that's my linkedin page I follow okay. leaders. I talk to industry experts. There's a doctor on there. Uh, I forgot what his name is, but he has a whiteboard. And you know me, I love whiteboards. Um, yeah. And so he has every single video he puts up there is a whiteboard thing that he has outlined. And he's able to go through and just, and he does these five minute videos of why is the insurance company doing this, uh, these reimbursements at this rate? And he talks about the impact on the hospitals and Medicare and all this other stuff and physician referrals. And he, he has it all laid out on my board. And so for me, yeah. LinkedIn is a great place to follow leaders and thought thought leaders and uh, perspectives in your industry. Um, as opposed to, as opposed to my, you know, Facebook page, which is other or, things. Or, you know, podcasts are a great way to learn too. I agree. I love listening to people talk because everyone has an opinion and even though if I don't agree with it, podcasts do help out. And that is that is one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is because I wanted, I felt that during the pandemic, we were disconnected. We lost a lot of leadership because people retired. We need a place for people to go to get good ideas and good thoughts on how to be a leader. Because we've got a lot of new frontline leaders stepping up into roles that previously weren't there. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I, I tell leaders... To the best, another really good thing you can do and actually learn yourself is to build a culture of continuous learning in your area. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the, if you have a culture of continuous learning, I don't know if you've ever worked anywhere where 
Um, that really wasn't allowed. And if you wanted to learn, you need to do it on your own time, even though it may have something to do with your job. Yeah. Um, but that type of environment really encourages employees to engage in continuous learning too. Mm-hmm. We, um, so we, I try to send, we have education credits every time we buy a new piece of equipment or, uh, we were a show site for one of the vendors for a while because we had a new piece of software. Um, every time we have education credits and stuff like that, I try to make it a purpose to send staff to mm-hmm. conferences, to industry um, events so they can see what's out there and see what's the latest and greatest things out there and get some feedback um, yeah. on on yeah. what's 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 out there. Um, when, uh, to piggyback off of that, I also I'm trying to I think next year go to one of these conferences and be a presenter a presenter on one mm-hmm. of the smaller classes either about CAT scan or about leadership or about uh, operations. Um, it forces you when you do stuff like that. It forces you to look up and research topics and be um, thoughtful in your process, so you don't look like an idiot when you're in front of all these people. And so, um, so. Doing presentations, doing classes, like yourself as a leader, training people and growing people forces you to stay on top of stuff. Uh, in healthcare, we have a large population of students that are uh, the way the way healthcare works. A lot of these people that come into the industry have to do clinicals, and so we are already in the mindset of we are training people all the time how to do right. the clinical aspect of it. We should also train on how to do the leadership aspect of it as well. Yeah, so I, I have been involved with our residents the last few years, well, mainly the chiefs, but I just started that like five years ago, and I was approached, and I'm like, please, because you know, you know as well as I do, physicians aren't taught leadership in, in medical school, and you know, they're expected now to have that leadership. I mean, if you have your own practice, you're going to need to understand how to, how to make people go, mm-hmm. you know? So we've been, I've been, I do a yearly thing for them, and now I'm starting to do a lot of the conferences, and it's been good for me because now I'm working with, I mean, that's like a whole different area for me. They go through a whole different type of thing that, like, let's say you or the other leaders that I have worked with for years. So you're right, it's forced me to kind of get into their world and learn a little bit more about the clinician physician side Mm -hmm. and and you see perspectives you're able to look at other people's perspectives and see a different point of view and having when you have that emotional intelligence and that empathy to be able to step back and look at other people's point of views and realize that there are multiple ways to look at stuff it makes you a better leader oh yeah for sure and emotional intelligence is is a perfect example Especially if you are dealing with, like, if you are listening and you're in healthcare, you know, one of the things I never even thought of that these residents deal with is the language barrier and them not even be able to, they can't even think about emotional intelligence when they're just trying to understand or helping people understand them. You know, they've got a whole different set set of stuff that they deal with that, you know, I would have never thought of. Yeah. So going back to teaching and growing yourself and growing your team. Let's talk about our last uh, wonderful presentation we would not, you and I put on. 
great. It, it was it was good. I actually got a lot of compliments afterwards about it um, because it it allowed for some of the staff to see what my thought process is and why I do certain things. Um, it's because I've been trained to do it this way, and you and I had a, a, a presentation that was based on that. So, again, it was policies and crucial conversations were the two topics. Uh, with the policies part, we talked about just culture, um, which if you don't know what just culture is, go look it up. It's a great philosophy on how to take the subjectiveness out of uh, corrections and behaviors um, in order to come up with an outcome that is both positive for the employee and positive for the, your your organization as a whole. Um and it was how, by following policies, you're able to um, be able to, when you follow the policies, you're able to be objective in your decision making when it comes to corrective actions, or is this an education point, or is it a, do we have something in the way that's causing people to fail? So, um, what, so let's talk about, let's just talk about, I want to, I want to kind of just go over what your thought process is. Cause I know, I know what I wanted to do and what I wanted to get out of that um, event. What was your, th- as the leadership coach, me approaching you, asking you, will you be a part of this? What did you expect? What did you find out? What did you think about the whole process? I thought, I thought first of all, you have a great team. And I think, you know, that makes your job easier. You know, and when you come in and do stuff like this, you didn't have people that were like, you know, I think they were, they were truly, truly listening to what you had to say and they respect you. And when you have people's respect, they're going to listen and they're going to, you know, take away a lot from it. Are you you sure they respect me? Are you sure they respect me? (laughs) And and the lunch helps too and the big cookies, of course, but, uh, Uh, no, I, I think it would, I mean, I, I honestly can't think of anything I would say, oh, you know, maybe do this differently. I, I thought it was done very nice. I think you did a good job, um, with it. I didn't have any, really any critique about it mm-hmm. to be, and, and, you know, really we both kind of co-facilitated where I jumped in and, you know, I don't know if you knew I was going to do that, but I did that anyway. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And, it was perfect. Cause there's points. Right. Yeah, there's, so I, I, there's points I, where I didn't know what to talk about or I didn't know where to go the next step and you were able to slide in and, and help out with that kind of stuff. So again, using resources. Beth is a resource for us uh, as leaders. Why wouldn't I bring her in the room to be part of my conversation with my team about leadership stuff? She's, she's yeah. able to bring points in. And actually, I got two people that said you were awesome and gra- glad that you were there because you brought perspectives that they didn't see um, because – we're out, we're outpatient. We're offsite. We don't see hospital stuff all the time. And you're able to bring in related to what we're doing in the hospital and what we're doing outpatient. So they were very happy you were there and they didn't want to hear me talk the whole time. So, you know, that was the other thing. Well, I think that, you know, and you were talking to your leads and I think the good thing about what you did, Stephen, was you were talking about things that were relevant to what was going on with some of them at that time. And then you talked through as a group, you know, what, you know, whatever they were going to do about that situation with maybe it was an employee or whatever. And that was kind of like a working session. So it wasn't just you up there talking, telling them it was you facilitating discussion, which is what you want in that type of situation. Yeah. Some of the, some of the, people were able to bring up examples of things they're dealing with 
and we relate it to it at, at risk behavior versus, you know, uh, normal behavior, you know, is this something that they're doing on purpose or is this something that we have systematic errors? And, you know, uh, that was very helpful to several of them. They were able to talk through some of that afterwards. We actually, my lead, my, my chief, my chief text and my leads, my leads, we sat down and had another hour conversation after everybody left. Because yeah. we were talking through a lot of problems. Well, if you're, I mean, if you're a leader listening and you're ever going to do a retreat, do not do. There's nothing worse you can do. And it's my biggest pet peeve is just take people out of the office, take people out of the office. Mm -hmm. If you just take them out of the office and like, oh, we're going to do team building activities and give them lunch. First of all, you got to have a team to, to do team building activities with. That's another thing that drives me nuts. Oh, we'll do some team building. Well, how is your team a team? No. Well, then we don't want to do team building because that's just going to annoy them. So nothing, <laughs> nothing annoys employees more than taking them away from work that needs to be done for nothing relevant. Yep. Absolutely. And that's what Stephen Stephen did not do. He he made it relevant to the situations that are going on right now with, with them personally. Mm -hmm. And so it was something that was effective for them and a good use of their time. So if you take people out of the office and you just, you know, oh, I'm going to look up on Google some team building, you're going to have people that are rolling their eyes that don't want to be there. But if you have even asked before you do a retreat, what are some topics you'd like to us to focus on? You know, so it's mm -hmm. relevant. Yeah. And uh, I use uh, forms, Microsoft forms for to put some surveys together. And that's what I did yeah. after the last one we did. I did a form, and these were the topics that they wanted to talk about. And so I have to I have to send out my form now. It's been a few weeks um, behind on that. But um, getting input from your team is great. I did have people, though. I did have people that were upper management. Is this is this needed? Is this relevant? Why why do we need to do this? Do we really need to do this? And yeah. to my response to that is yes. We need to grow our team. We need to improve our people. There was there was a saying like, why do we need to spend time and money training people when they can go somewhere else? And the response to that is, well, what if we don't spend time and money training people and they stay? We want people to be better. And even if they go somewhere else, we've made them better in our profession. But while they're here, yeah. let's get them educated, trained up and better. Um, I don't want low performers yeah. on my team. I want high performers. <laughs> anymore i don't care what industry you're in you're delusional if you think people pay 20 years oh yeah that doesn't happen anymore or even 10 anymore yeah you know get productivity out of them and then when they leave you they can say you know what i'm not leaving because of this this is a great organization i'm leaving i'm going to tell everyone it's great but this is why i'm going you should not leave and that place is horrible that's why i'm taking another job you should ask to, uh, ask to share what i left on her voicemail the other day uh, I said, you can call me back. I'll be here afternoon, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, hopefully a few years. I don't know. We'll see. That that literally was my voicemail because I just went off on this tangent about if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be here anymore because I don't I don't know if I'm, if someone's gonna fire me the next day. But uh, no, we and we want to retain people. We want people to grow. But if they leave, we want them to be awesome in the workplace. I've got so many friends that I made at my last job that we still talk to each other and call each other about operational issues and questions we have. Um, and what can we do to make things better? Cause they have questions about what they do and you, all you're doing in doing this is making things better for healthcare 
because you're spreading good ideas, you're looking at consistencies, you're looking at what is the standard of care, and you're helping other people out. Ultimately, that is what we're supposed to be doing here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought you did a good job. I thought it was a good good retreat i do appreciate it we need to get the next one on the books so that we don't have it rescheduled five times um <laughs> so does, yeah it was, it was a pandemic that's why it was pandemic no <laughs> uh I, actually it was because of short staffness we were short staffed which which is because of the pandemic and so it was actually why we all of our leads were actually frontline workers for for a few months because we were short staffed um but yeah, so to wrap it up, I just want to say, uh, you know, don't be afraid of learning. That's I think, I think the fear of of looking like a fool because you don't want because you don't know something. I think a lot of people out there and a lot of leaders don't want to be put in the position of I don't know, so I'm going to pretend like I don't need to learn more. When at the end of the day, I don't know is an acceptable answer because you're going to learn why. I don't know the answer to this policy. I don't know the answer to this, but I have resources. I have a brain and I have the internet. We're going to find answers somewhere, you know? And so yeah. don't be afraid to be a learner and don't be afraid to grow yourself as a frontline leader. So, right. uh, better for overall for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me on the, on the uh, podcast today. I do appreciate it. And now thanks for finally you, asking me, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Uh, I okay. will probably reach out to you again since you are a resource of mine. So, all right. Well, uh, well where you, buddy? All right. Thanks, Beth. And I want to thank Beth for coming on the show today to talk through lifelong learning and being a leader. Uh, she is a great resource. If you at your organizations have an HR department or a leadership department, uh, see if there's anybody in there that is a resource for you because it's great to have these resources to talk about talk to bounce ideas off of and um grow yourself so but thanks beth for hopping on and everyone best of luck to you and we'll talk to you later